Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. This is universal. It's unavoidable. Everyone goes through it. You've experienced it in your past. Some may be going through it right now. And we'll all experience it in the future. Most resist it. Sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's not. But regardless of our feelings towards it, it's a part of life. What I'm referring to is change. Change is happening all around us, to ourselves, our families and friends, to our cities and to our world. Some change is great. We fall in love, we get married, have kids. We buy homes, we find jobs, opportunity and success. This change feels amazing. It's like a roller coaster that you actually want to ride. But not all change is like that. Change can also be hard, really hard. Change can feel like a storm that has no end, like endless waves that just keep crashing and crashing down. It can feel like a weight so heavy that you find it hard to carry on, or like a wind so destructive that it rips apart everything we thought we knew and felt safe with and makes it unrecognizable. So how do you respond? How should we respond? How do you get through our storms? How do you live, even thrive, within change? Hope. We need something strong. We need something constant firm, and secure, an unchanging hope in an ever-changing world. We need to be anchored. So as you know, last year uh, I shared a story with you about uh, my scooter. So I, I own a scooter, and um, I've been driving this little scooter, and I was very proud of it, and I was, it was a lot of fun. And until last year, I got pulled over by the state police, and they were trying to determine whether I was legal or not legal, and so I actually had another state policeman pull behind me over right here in Laconia, and I was feeling quite uh, bashful by the whole thing, so I made sure nobody saw my face uh, by the road. I'm sitting out looking at a field, but they finally determined that I was not legal, that I was, uh, I was driving a motorcycle without a motorcycle license. So um, they had to have me trailered away, and, and this spring I was determined to rectify that and so I could be legal, and so I actually got my motorcycle license this spring. I know that's very exciting, but it wasn't too exciting because I showed up not realizing that I'd be the only one on a little scooter on a motorcycle (laughs) test day. 
all these very manly men with their Harleys and such big bikes. And, and here I am, you know, going through the little course, and I was, wee, wee, wee. You know, so anyways, I passed the test, and, uh, and thankfully, a friend of mine, well, not maybe not so thankfully, but, but a friend of mine determined that I was not manly enough on that scooter. And so he had uh, two Harleys, and he said, please, can you ride this one? And uh, so sure enough, yesterday I had the privilege of going down to the Weirs, um, doing some wheelies down. Uh, I wasn't doing the wheelies, but I was at least on a real bike uh, this, this year and, and uh, yesterday. It was a lot of fun. So the beginning of Bike Week, there's another change for the city of Laconia. Not to make light, though, of the fact that our, we do go through changes. And what are the very things that will anchor us? What are the things that will allow us to stay steady in the midst of changes. And this is why this series is uh, going to be so important for us. Because there are all kinds of stages of life that we're in. All kinds of changes that we find ourselves in. And if we're not careful, we're going to get tossed to and fro. We're going to start doing things that we shouldn't be doing as a way of coping with the change. But this series is going to tell us how do we how do we anchor our lives to something constant? And who do we anchor our life to? If you have your Bibles, hold them up for me, all of you Bible thumpers. This is good. Thank you so much for bringing your Bibles today. If you've got an electronic Bible, that's okay too, but I love the real thing because you can write in it, underline it. If you'll turn to Hebrews chapter 6, we're actually going to be using this passage of Scripture, six, chapter 6, 13 through 20, for the next five weeks. And we're going to take segments of it and understand what is it speaking to us and as it relates to change and how do we anchor our lives and what do we anchor our lives to. I'm going to read this for us. This is Hebrews 6, verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham... Since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore to himself. Do you imagine that? God, who is the ultimate authority, the supreme power, and he basically says, I I, I guess I can't swear to anybody else. I'm it, so I'll swear to myself. (laughs) So God swears to himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you, speaking of Abraham. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desires to show more convincingly to the heirs of his, the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, I, I love that word, unchangeable. When we're living in a world that is forever changing, when we ourselves are facing so many changes. It's nice to know that there is somebody unchangeable. He guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which that is impossible for God to lie, it's important that we know this, it's impossible for God to lie. We who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. 
He's telling us where we need to hold fast to. And he's saying when we hold fast to this, there's hope. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So what we are going to be talking about today, we're going to focus on Abraham and Sarah and the promise that God gave them and how at that moment in time of a promise, there were many years that took place before the promise came about. But there were some things that Abraham and Sarah did that were good and not so good. And we're going to talk about that today. But I want to give us a little bit of a taste of what is going to also come in the weeks ahead. This whole idea of something anchoring to our soul, our soul has to do with our emotions, our feelings. And I don't know about you, but I I don't know if you could always trust your feelings. We're going to be talking about how we make sure that we don't go through this roller coaster, just living life based on feelings. We'll talk about that. We're also going to be talking about how Jesus is the one who's gone before us behind the veil and This veil area is talking about really what we saw in the veil in the temple. And when Jesus came, it was rent in two. And talking about how we have access to God's presence and how that relates to change and how we anchor ourselves to it. But that's all I'm going to give you for little snippets. For the next five weeks, it's going to be important that you're here to hear the whole scope of how it is that we're going to get through life in this ever-changing scenario of life. We've got world changes. We've got personal changes. Is there something that we can anchor our life to? And the answer is yes. So let's talk about uh, Abram. His name was Abram before it became Abraham. And his wife was named Sarai before it became Sarah. So here at the age of 75, God gives Abram a promise that he is going to be a, a father of a great nation, that his descendants will be as numerous as stars in the sky. The the problem in all of that was (laughs) Sarah couldn't give birth. She was, for whoever's problem it was, they just couldn't make babies. (laughs) And so they said, well, God said, so if God said, then we got to figure this out. Problem number one. Problem number one. When we determine that we need to figure it out for God... We're heading down the wrong path. So anyways, what does Sarah come up with for a conclusion? She says, well, I can't have any babies, so why don't, why don't you go sleep with my maidservant and make babies with her? And I was very proud of myself. The first service, I was going to make a joke out of this whole idea of what Sarah did for... <laughs> For Abraham, and, and I used my filter, and I was very proud of myself, and so I should have left it at that instead of trying to make myself good, feel good two times. I could have not even shared that with you, and all right, going down a rabbit trail. You're looking at me like, what is he saying? All right, so here's the deal. I'm going to give you a quick snippet of this. So part of when I was growing up, and I first started speaking publicly in front, I would have my brain would have these ideas and these images, and I would blurt them out. And over the years, after getting in trouble so many times, I've realized that it's better to run a filter through the brain first before the mouth speaks. 
So that's what I executed this morning. I was feeling very proud of myself that I've grown in this way. And I was going for, can you give me a hand? Just make me feel better. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I just need a little encouragement. Thank you so much. But anyway, so the problem was they took matters in their own hands and, and Abraham ended up lying, laying with, um, with Hagar and they created a baby and his name was Ishmael. Now Ishmael, if you um, know any of your history, the Muslims actually consider Ishmael the kind of the founding father of, of their faith. Muhammad was from the line of, of Ishmael and and the problem with Ishmael, though, is even though he actually got a promise that he also would have a heritage and a lineage, but it was not of God's promise. It was actually of man-made deal. So here's the thing. You have promises, and we have hopes, and we have dreams, and then all of a sudden we feel like, wait a second, these things aren't unfolding fast enough in my life. I haven't received the healing like I thought God said. I read in his word that I'll receive. Why haven't I been healed? I remember when I was young, that God put these dreams in my life. And how come I'm still single? How come I haven't achieved these things that I thought I was going to achieve? Where is God's promises? And what God is trying to remind us in this scripture is more of his nature and less of who we are. See, if we just look at us and we look at what we can accomplish, we are going to get ourselves in trouble each time. We will create Ishmael's. We will go and make it our own strength. Now, thankfully, thankfully, God is always true. He never lies. When God says something, he always comes through. What did he promise to Abraham. He promised that he would actually have a son with Sarah. 25 years later, miraculously at the age of 100, Sarah gives birth to a son named Isaac. And from Isaac's lineage, we have this great story of this multitude of descendants, God's promise. But here's the thing, as much as the scripture then talks about that Abraham waited patiently. He wasn't quite so patient. He did jump the gun a little bit. But at least it's credit to him as he waited patiently. And I, I want to encourage you. I don't have a clicker on here, but there should be a slide that says he waited patiently to obtain this promise. What promise are you still waiting on God for? Because if you take it into your own hands, you might create this Ishmael and, and you might get a temporary relief from whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. But it won't be the real deal. It will not be the genuine. So maybe you are already listening to this message and say, well, I don't know if God's even promised me something. Can I remind you to just open up your Bible and start reading? There's so many promises in the Word of God. He talks about he has a plan for us, a plan to prosper us, not to harm us. It's a promise. Do you believe God in that? Do you believe that God is for us and not against us? We sang about that this morning. Do you believe it's a promise? He is for us, not against us. 
the Word of God is filled with these promises, and we need to begin to not only know them, but believe what God says is true. See, the Scripture tells us in Hebrews that He can't lie. God cannot lie. It's in His very core nature that He can't lie. So therefore, we have to say, God, what are your promises? And how could I live them out? Because I can believe and trust you are the anchor for me. These promises will anchor me. You see, God's promises are always, always. What do you mean by that? I mean, they're, it's always true. His promises are always right. His promises always come to pass. One of other his promises is there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you feel somehow condemned, if you feel like, man, I'm just not measuring up enough, and, and you start hearing these voices in your head of like, I am such a failure, I am not good enough. If you've come to accept Christ into your life, those voices that you're hearing are not from God. Because his promise says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, God's promises are always, always. It's like he wants to answer himself, but we do need to wait patiently. God's timing is not our timing. You see, we, we want to rush things. We are in such an instantaneous world today. We're in a microwave culture. We want everything now. And I think Abraham did too. But it took 25 years for the promise to come to pass. Are you willing to trust God, even if it means waiting for 25 years for his promise? I love seeing some of your faces and some of your interactions. Because I know some of your stories, and I know you're looking at each other, and you're like... We wait a long time for each other, baby. <laughs> but the promises are coming true. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to call some of you guys out, but I, I know some of your stories, and so I love your little interaction that's going on out there. You see, when we learn to anchor ourselves to God and His promises... It's an anchor that we can count on. It's an anchor that we can latch our life to, and it holds us in a place where we're no longer on this up and down, like in and out, it's like chaotic life. Isn't it kind of comforting to know that you could actually latch yourself to something, to anchor yourself to something that gives you peace and hope and comfort and a constant life? But, you know, we're quick to forget. We're quick to forget about God's promises, and we're so fast to run on our own emotions or run on our circumstances. Some of you have moved. Some of you are planning to get married. Some of you are facing disease and sickness. What's the next stage of life? Some of you are transitioning through a marriage, whether it's a divorce or a remarriage. Where's your hope? 
Is it your circumstance? Is it the momentary feeling or have you going to choose to anchor yourself to the promises of God? Amen. Today's Baptism Sunday, and I'll have the worshiping. They can come up here. I'm going to have a, about five more minutes of, of this message. But I want to, first service was spectacular. Oh, my word. I love baptisms. To hear the stories of life transformation to see people willing to get wet. I don't know. We, we have our baptisms at Grace Capital Church in a way that we don't always know who's here and want to get baptized. But if you are here today and if you feel like you've... Um, she needs a microphone. Um, Sorry. If you are here and feel like today that your heart's going a little pitter-patter, like, I, I know Jesus, and, but I've never been baptized in an adult... I would encourage you that today is your day. We've got shorts. We've got t-shirts. We have towels. There's no reason that today couldn't be your day. Baptism doesn't save you. Baptism is an outward expression of what God has already done inside of you. Now, if you're here and you're just checking out who this God is, and you haven't even given your life to the Lord yet, by the way, today is also your day. Because as you go out and get your uh, shirts and towels, there's somebody out there who can introduce you to Jesus. Pray with you. Today's your day that you can come to the Lord. But then you take the next step, and it's a step of obedience. And all this is, is here's the hot tub. If you, uh, it is warm. It's not cold. It's nice. We'll have somebody in the tank with you. And what this is, is why do we get baptized? It signifies that you have died to your old person. We're going to put you under. We'll bring you back up. Don't worry. We're not going to hold you under. <laughs> well, depending on how bad of a sin you are, we'll hold you under. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. You go under, come up, symbolizing the old man or woman is gone and the new person, the new creation is here, alive. It's like what Jesus did. He went into the tomb and he died. He was killed, laid in the tomb, but the Spirit of God brought new life into him and he rose again. I'm going to finish up my message here. And if you want to be baptized today, you just can leave right out there. Pastor Mikey's going to go get changed. Please don't make him get changed for nothing. If you're here, <laughs> um, please, I, I want you to act in obedience to the Lord. Well, that was just a little side. That's what's just to come. It's just to help you begin to prepare your hearts if this is you and you want to be baptized. I want to pause just for a moment and, and do, do help some of you in your decision making. It, it's really the Lord who is, who is speaking to you right now. Some of you who are wondering if, should I be baptized? And I would, if you're feeling like this fluttering in your heart, like a little bit of this 
oh, I, I don't know, is this me? If you're even asking the question, is this me? It's probably you. And, and you need to respond in obedience to that. All right, Tim got excited about something. All right, well, I just want to finish up this message. You know, I, I, am, I am such a straight kind of guy. It's like when you've got guys who are like passionate, emotional like that, it unsettles me a little bit, but I love it because one, it's not my personality, but number two, I appreciate that God has made us all different. So those guys who can like get really crazy and like have outbursts and stuff, that's, that's cool. I like it, even though it makes me uncomfortable a little bit. <laughs> But ultimately, I just want God to do his thing. I want God to work. I want people to respond to his spirit. So here's the deal on this message of change. God has promises for you. He has a good plan for your life. You need to search out. I could spend two hours going line by line of promises that God has in his word. But I want you to go home this week. All you need to do is a Google search or something, promises of God. It'll it'll land you to some scriptures. Start reading those. Then you can start believing it. Don't read it, but then believe it. Because when you believe it, it's true. The Bible says that God cannot lie. And if he's got promises for us, then we better know them And then we better start believing them because that's what's going to anchor our life and that's what's going to give us the hope for the future that lays ahead of us. My wife and I had a party at our house last night. We usually have people, the same group of people every year this time of year. They're friends of ours from our community. Our, Our families have gone to school together, have played sports together and I love these people. Many of them, though, aren't followers of Jesus. And we started having conversations and, and hearing what is going on in their life. I'm just like, my heart breaks because of the lack of hope that they have in their life. These life changes, these, these changes in life, these circumstances that seem difficult and and they're just trying to get through life. And, and part of me felt like, man, have I not done a good enough job of sharing Jesus with them that they might have some hope? Maybe, maybe not. Audra and I were talking about that on the way in this morning because our hearts are breaking for our friends. Because life is difficult. And without Jesus and his promises and his word, what is there in this life that we can anchor our life to that will be steady, steadfast, and true? Part of me feels like I'm just going to have a come to Jesus moment with my friends. It's like, guys, enough playing around. 
You've got to anchor yourself to something more than just life in itself. See, Abraham, he heard the promise of God. Then he kind of went human for a little while. He says, well, I'll do it on my own strength. I'll figure it out. Church, it's not for us to figure it out. It's for us to understand the promise and trust in the one who's made the promise. That's it. And then our life could be anchored to the right things. We could go through all these changes in life and it be okay. It's okay. We don't get taken on this roller coaster ride. We just lock in to the one who anchors our soul. Our Father in heaven, Jesus Christ, our Savior. So we have some baptisms this morning. And I'm excited about it. Let me just pray and then we'll allow uh, Mike and Elaine to get into the tub. Father, I just pray that each one of us doesn't matter how long we've been walking with you, Jesus, that we would come to this place of remembrance to remember again that you don't lie. Your word is true and your promises are always, always. Your promises are always, always. Father, let us anchor ourselves to you. Let us spend time this week digging into your word and uncovering all the promises that you have for us. And then we're not going to just read them, but we're going to believe them and speak them over our own lives. Anchor us, I pray. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.